welcome to the February 5th edition of One Nation Radio on LOP. I am your host, Rich Latta, of course, with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Not too much, not too much. Uh, just watched a lot of wrestling over the last 48 hours. A lot of it. A yeah. lot. What would you watch? I mean, between Raw and then actually like catching up on like all of... Uh, the Worlds Collide uh, tournament, like the like the part they showed on YouTube, and then the part they actually showed at uh, in prime time, then um, halftime heat, and then today SmackDown. Yeah, man, watch watch a lot of WWE Network television. Yeah, I watched just WWE. Period. I watched um, one of the new beginning beginning shows with Josh and Jeremy Saturday night, and then uh, in addition to Raw and SmackDown. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, we're back another week here for your Raw and SmackDown TV reviews. Appreciate everybody showing us love on the downloads and everything like that. If you'd like to keep supporting the show in other ways, we actually just had um, our t shirt, the One Nation Radio t shirt, go up on the Pro Wrestling Tees store. If you type in Social Suplex Podcast Network or look for that on the site with One Nation Radio. I'll also throw the link in the annotation to this podcast. We also have the Patreon page started where um, currently I have the road to 173 and 0 uh, on the second tier. Uh, I'm thinking about throwing the sidelined segment on the $1 tier. So uh, I'm going to bring those back every month. You will get a brand new segment sideline for everyone that's not on the pay-per-view. Uh, and I might have to start throwing some NXT uh, folks in there too, if they keep, you know, missing takeovers. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we, we watched a lot and I don't know if it was, you know, great. I don't know if it was good. I saw a lot of bad stuff this week, man. It raw was like soul sucking at, at certain points. Um, I guess we just jump right into it. <laughs> so do we have to good God. <laughs> so they were in Portland, Oregon. Uh, the whole show was like built around. Wait, wait we really have to talk about this raw. Okay, I guess so. Go ahead. I guess so, man. <laughs> um, I, I wish they gave us more, but uh, I, no, I wish they gave us a lot less than this. If that's what they're gonna give us, I want more of this. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> more of the good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad. You gotta specify. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. So this whole show was like set up uh, with Becky Lynch being invited to Monday Night Raw by Stephanie McMahon, and everyone immediately on the internet went into um, ducking like a bomb was coming, essentially. And it was please don't slap Becky, please don't embarrass Becky Lynch, Stephanie McMahon trying to tie herself to the hot act, everything that that you know goes around uh, with the territory there, but. Um, Becky Lynch came out and, you know, uh, excuse me, Stephanie was in the ring. So we did not have to hear that God awful theme music that she has. Um, she welcomed the crowd to raw and before, you know, she was in the middle of a sentence, Becky Lynch's music hit big Becky chants. Uh, and Stephanie was like looking at her, like she was, um, you know, getting a good reception. She was in approval of this. Um, and, and Becky was still selling the knee. Uh, and all that. Lots of big Becky uh, Lynch chants. Stephanie said before uh, you really interrupted your own intro, she announced Becky as the Royal Rumble winner, and then they threw the video of last week. Uh, they mentioned Ronda's name, and he got booze. Uh, Stephanie said she's never seen uh, Ronda go at anyone like that. Um, and, you know, 
the whole deal with it, uh, you know, Stephanie was imp- was impressed that you know Becky was still smiling. Uh, Lynch said that she had every reason to be smiling, and she's going to slap Rousey's head off at WrestleMania. And Stephanie was looking forward to it, considering her own history with Ronda. Uh, and after that, then Stephanie started talking about the knee brace, and she asked if Becky was okay. Uh, Becky said she was fine, and she didn't want to hear none of that shit. Then uh, Stephanie showed. Uh, some stuff from the Rumble where uh, they, you know, the finish like with Nia pushing her off the uh, steel steps and all that deal, and talked about Becky refusing medical attention, and then Becky dropped the bomb and said she does not want any doctors coming near her, um, <laughs> which is with, with the history of this company is amazing. <laughs> yeah. WWE wrestler does not trust the training staff. Where have I seen this before? Yeah, man. Like, she's out there treating them like, uh, like Drake treats 350s. Don't bring them around me. Yes. Um, so Stephanie, uh, basically recalled, uh, being, you know, that night, essentially, that Becky got her face bust by, um, by Naya. And she said all Becky wanted to do was fight. And she's never seen that much fight out of anybody. But, uh, Stephanie did not want to allow Becky to fight unless she was cleared by the medical staff. Crowd was pissed at this. Um, after that, um, she basically says, I know what's happening. Uh, you, you think, I don't know what's happening. I'm the glitch in your plan. I'm not moving. I fought my whole life. What would you know about struggle? You never had to struggle for anything, Steph. You're just another daddy's girl who never had to fight or anything, and you're trying to stop me from fighting for everything. I rose up to get to Mania. Nothing or you or any stupid doctor could do about it. Stephanie calls it a liability for Becky to compete. She said, go see the doctor and you can comp- compete. But maybe your knee is worse than, you know, you're letting on. And then Stephanie calls uh, their potential WrestleMania match one of the biggest matches ever. She said it's not about tricks or games. It's about your help, health. And she asked again if Becky would see, see the doctor. Becky got more upset from here. And she was like, you are not taking my moment. Uh, and basically, <laughs> she, uh, Stephanie was, was hitting her with that, you need to work within the system. Like, <laughs> so... Um, after that, Stephanie got pissed and said, well, since you don't want to see a doctor, I'm suspending you. Um, and it wasn't smart. Which is, which is something that, which is something that in, our, in any, you know, real sport would have happened. So it's like, on, but it's just ridiculous to me. Like, they, I don't, their intent wasn't to actually make Becky seem like a jerk, but it, that's what it came off like to me. And, Initially, it was like Stephanie wasn't. She wasn't being a heel. She was being a normal human being. Yeah. She wasn't. She wasn't being a gimmick. Yeah, and it was like they. It was like they were trying to give like Becky something to be pissed about, like inorganically in a sense, because we know the injury is a complete crock of shit. But yeah, it's. I think I think the main things that they were really, 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 or not really like. They did the whole thing, you know, in December about, you know, we're not going to get in the way anymore. We're not going to be the McMahon's scheme and, and, and our, 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 you know, a bunch of and all that and manipulating all the shit. And then, like, and then a couple weeks later, like, or two weeks later, Vince goes out there and he completely heals on Strowman. But, you know, honestly, Shane, Hunter, um, Stephanie they're actually out the way, but it's confusing when you got Vince still doing this, but the other three are actually out the way. So like you're sending this message to crowd on how they really should react to these four, you know, 
and then you get Becky just being a complete dick to Stephanie, who's trying to be reasonable. And it turns into well, Stephanie's done so much bad stuff over over all the time. So yeah, man. So we should just cheer her for getting her ass whooped, even though she's trying to, you know, actually do the right thing, the responsible thing. As a, if this was a real actual sport. So it, it was weird, but so, I don't know. Like so, so people, people like people like Stephanie getting her come, come up as even when come up come up come up as is in deserve. So. I guess if that's nah, she got to wear the mass cool, weapons. Cool. Yeah, she got to wear the mass weapons. Um. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, they're 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 well deserved. I mean, they're well deserved for the past, but it's like this ain't the same thing as like if you go back to they're trying to do the you know the the MS they're trying to get themselves an MSG Austin McMahon moment, but it's not the same thing because like at the time like McMahon legitimately stole the belt from the fucking from from like the company's hero for the last five years or whatever else and then and then you know it screwed him and he had people he had heat for that for real from the crowd so people hated his guts and were okay with like you know anybody doing anything to this because this was an asshole in real life and in the storyline right now stephanie in the storyline recently has not been an asshole so after that, Becky steals on her, whoops her ass, and uh, she was gonna put her in the disarmor. But all the geeks gave out, uh, came out, and all, and her knee essentially went out trying to do the move. Um, basically, uh, or Becky charged her in the corner, but Stephanie kicked Becky in the leg and sent her flying essentially. And Becky from there limped to the back, surrounded by the geeks. After a break. So uh, Becky was walking out, and she got approached by Ronda Rousey. So Ronda walked up to her looking very angry. Um, and she basically went into, <laughs> like, a uh, a whole deal with a bunch of long words and or long phrases and everything like that. She said um, Rousey wondered why Becky was even there, and she figured uh, the crowd just wanted to hear her weekly, uh, you know, violin recital. Uh, she basically said it was unprofessional to attack Stephanie like this, uh, completely forgetting her own history of beating Stephanie's ass uh, and potentially sacrificing uh, the women's evolution's first main event of WrestleMania and all this yeah. jazz. After that, she told Becky basically to get healthy so she can uh, whoop that ass at WrestleMania. And before leaving, uh, Ronda told her, ice and Advil, bitch. And then Becky just stood there and like looked at her. Um, that was a good line, though. Yeah, and they uh, they did a lot of like stuff with Becky this week yeah. where they just let people talk to her and she just stood there. Like I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was a lot of that John Cena thing where somebody she gets to talk for or you come out there and talk first and if other people and then Cena comes out here and drops her hammer on you and tells you about your stinking ass self. But um yeah, you know, you're absolutely right about the Ronda thing as far as, like, her doing stuff to, to jeopardize stuff that she was trying to get down. I remember after uh, what, how she got herself suspended for a month after she uh, after she beat the hell out of uh, Angle because she was so pissed about um, yeah. Alexa Bliss cashing in on her. So, or not, or, or br- breaking up her title match to cash in on, on Nia. Remember that? So has, Lon- has Ronda supposedly have learned from her ways? <laughs> is, is this what they're trying to tell us? Maybe. Most likely. They didn't even remember what happened. They just had her say it. Yeah. Um, good intensity, though, for Rhonda. And it seemed yeah. like she um, seems like she knew what she wanted to say, even if it was a bit convoluted. But <laughs> yeah, like 
you know, I, I, and a lot of this, uh, and a lot of this round of stuff we're kind of, or I don't say we're getting caught up in, but like the word, sometimes the words aren't, are just gibberish or nonsense. But when she's face to face with somebody, particularly Becky, who like, it feels like she hates her guts for real. <laughs> right. It, it almost feels like she really hates this woman. Yeah. But like when she's face to face with Becky and she's just saying stuff like, you know, you just like, Dude, I can't fucking wait till WrestleMania when they can go out there and win, beat the hell out of each other. It's gonna be awesome. That's how I feel watching it. It's like I can't, I just can't wait. Like, I, look, she can be out here talking about the the, the, the sky is piss yellow. <laughs> if she said the Becky face, I'd be like, you know what? She got a point. It might be yellow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, we had Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan. This was like a nothing match, but that's exactly what it should have been. Yeah, crushed her. Uh, Liv Morgan stepped up, and Ronda crushed her like security, essentially. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ronda after that, like we actually gonna bring in the Le John's stuff this week too, huh? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Rhonda grabbed a mic and she started yelling at the crowd for booing her and stuttering and all this other stuff. I didn't know what she was talking about. Um, it hurt her. Um, she hurt, bro. Yeah, yeah. She pissed. Like her, her, her her promo could have been described as like hitting your hand on the keyboard and then just typing a bunch of letters in there. Like that's what it sounded like. So. Um, after that, she basically was like, who else wants some of Debo? And then, you know, challenged Sarah Logan and she got her ass in there. Um, they did a bunch of stalling and stalling and stalling couple back and forth sequences. Uh, but Rhonda got her out of there with the arm bar too. And pretty much like I've been saying over the last couple of shows, it ended up setting up a Ruby riot versus Rhonda match. That's presumably going to be, uh, at elimination chamber, uh, you know, I, I I think this was this was good for Ronda just to get people out of there quick. Like she doesn't need to have another match like she did with the Bailey match. Um, with those two especially, like she doesn't need to be selling for Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan uh, yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, I I love champions getting wins on TV. Yeah, same here. Um, we're one week out. There's only one more episode of Raw. I would have liked them to have actually like made the made the match with Ruby official, and then like given Ruby like get her set up to where she can beat somebody on Raw next week to actually make her like an actual credible threat, as opposed to she's a leader of some geeks. Yeah. Um, so after that, um, you know, like Ruby cut a promo in the back and you know told her that she's gonna you know take her shot at Ronda when she wants. Heavy Machinery came out next. Uh, after that, Charlie Caruso uh, called. Uh, she asked Sasha and Bailey about their recent failures against Rousey and how it would affect their uh, tag match. Sasha was about to go off on her, but Bailey calmed her down. <clears throat> um, Bailey <laughs> said that uh, they both took Rousey to their limits, but tonight is about tag team wrestling. Uh, Sasha says she's going to make history. Then Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross interrupted to let them know that they would not make it to the chamber. Um, Nikki said that nobody wanted to play with her, but Alicia did. And she added, chaos isn't judgmental. Chaos is fair. So, yeah. (laughs) After that, we got a Four Corners tag team match. The Revival went over on the B team, Heavy Machinery, and Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. Um, 
decent match. I, you know, nothing, in a, nothing too offensive. Otis got to do his thing. Uh, Otis and Tucker both stripped of their last names. Yes, Otis and Tucker. Like, I understand Otis because, like, how many Otis is you going to run into on the street? But, like, <laughs> Tucker. Tucker is a lot more of a common name. Yeah. Here's. Then Otis. Here's like for, Tucker. Yeah, that's one of those, like, yeah. Yeah. So they joined the, yeah, uh, so, the list. I mean, maybe the idea is that. Besides the obvious part about the Dozovich thing, which mean like we can get rid of that. Mm. Like maybe a part of it is because there's so much of a gimmick that if we give them one name, then that's kind of like it makes sense because they're almost like they're they're going to be a comedy act, and that's the way they're going to survive on the main roster. You think that's what it is, or do you think it's really like Dozovich is really just in the way? I I think they just saw that last name. Vince start with you know he just looked at it and was like, what's the point? Like. <laughs> I mean, but you know, I mean, kind of for me is like I see I see them doing like the bushwhacker thing, the bushwhacker uh, dance. I'm like, oh god, it's 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 Butch and it's Butch and them. I was like, looking Butch, like so maybe that's the reason why I saw it, like just shorten it. I I mean I I feel like it's both. I just think maybe it's a it's a com they're a comedy tag team, so we may as well give them one name more than the actual Dozovich that's in the way because they're always gonna call them Otis any damn way. Yeah. So um, Revival got the win uh, with the Shatter Machine and got a future tag team uh, championship opportunity to go yeah. along with their several of those they've had over the past year. Yep. Uh, and then so they who, ended up getting beat like geeks. Who has gotten more championship opportunities since the whole you got you got to earn a rematch thing? AJ or them? I think the Revival has. I think. Boy. Um, after that, so Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder were in the back, uh, and Hawkins assured Ryder that they would get a shot soon. Curtis Hawkins or Kurt Hawkins called himself a loser. Uh, he's been losing for two years straight and said this team wasn't going to work out. Ryder got pissed about how they spelled his name wrong on the graphics last week, and he called himself a loser. Also, um, Ryder said that they could get through this together, and Hawkins' streak would be broken by them as a team. Uh, Hawkins basically was down with it. They went through their history of being the youngest tag team champion ever, and different things of that sort. But um, I, I don't know. Would you would you think think of these guys here? Like I I get the idea of a redemption story. Um, it's interesting, but I I almost think that they. I don't know, like. <clears throat> They digging I mean, real far. They digging real far down the ladder to try to pull something up. Like these boys I, have drowned a long time ago to try to save them. Now I feel. Yeah, like. I, yeah. I think the thing for a redemption story. If you want a redemption story, you need somebody ultimately like you're ultimately going to care about. You don't need like people will always want to get behind somebody or whatever else because you know they've been losers forever. But ultimately, if you you know ultimately like what's the what's the ceiling on this? <laughs> Why are they? Like are they be, are they gonna become mid carters off of this? Like it's a cool story, but ultimately, like great. So like they've risen to being prelim guys on TV now. That's kind of depressing. Yeah, ain't it? Um, so after that, Kurt Angle uh, was out doing his big uh, hyped uh, announcement. So I thought this was gonna be a retirement speech, and it looks like it was quick headed question. that way. Quick question. Yeah. Quick question. You just have to double back. So you you tell me what do you believe? 
on purpose or on accident, and they picked it up. Zack Ryder's name being spelled wrong last week. Oh, they saw a Twitter. They saw a Twitter roasting that shit and decided to use it. Okay. And that was a good, that was a complete good accident. Them. Good on them. Yep. Good on them. If, um, if they if they if they if it was a mistake and they turned into a part of the story, good on them. Yep. Um, Angle said that he's been living by the three eyes: intensity, integrity, and intelligence, and it worked out for him better for worse. He said he accomplished everything he could have from the European title all the way to the Hall of Fame. So when's the last time the European Championship has been mentioned? Um, <laughs> that ain't got something to do with Pete Dunne, and that's a whole different belt. I don't know, but I remember if you go back like to '97, like the Intercontinental title, the uh, European title, even back then was a damn joke. Remember, <laughs> remember how Sean laid down for Hunter? Yes. Oh man, uh, remember uh, when when Midian found the European title in a bag, essentially? I. I vaguely remember that, yeah. So, an- another wow. one, uh, European title history. Jeff yeah. Jarrett gives Mark Henry the the European title for helping him against D'Lo Brown because it was like IC champion versus Euro champion. And basically, yeah. Mark turned on D'Lo, and then his reward was to be handed the belt by Jeff Jarrett. So, yeah, that a little bit of a history lesson about the European title, everybody. Um, so uh, he said he was able to be the GM, and he even found out he had a long-lost son. So Jason Jordan getting mentioned. Incredible. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, God. Like, you know, I was like, this definitely isn't real. Like, it was, I was like this definitely isn't an actual <laughs> retirement speech once he sit, brought that one out. I was like, ain't no way. Um, he said the crowd also reminded him how much he really sucks, and then the crowd chanted, you suck, and he responded, thank you, I guess. And he said that the uh, three I's have turned to the three D's, doubt, defeat, and depression. In other news, so, that has nothing sounds to Sounds like his contract. Sounds like his contract is up. It sounds like he, he might be heading to AEW. Sounds like he's been watching the show. Like... <laughs> So, um, Angle says he beat everyone in his career. Uh, he tore the house down with, with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. He won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, but the one opponent that he can't beat is Father Time. Um, I think a lot more of their old guys should be giving this speech. Uh, but Baron Corbin came out and got big boos. Of course, anytime you hear that Baron Corbin music, Angle says, uh, or Corbin says, Angle should have retired two years ago and called him a shadow of a man. And Angle dared him to get in the ring so he could break his ankle in two. Angle took his jacket off, and then Drew McIntyre came out there. And Corbin said a couple, like, facts and things that were like, oh, he might have a point here. Um, so McIntyre said that Kurt couldn't help himself. One minute he was ready to accept his fate. Then the next he wanted to break the angle of a man who took a job, his job and he beat him. Uh, McIntyre said that he saw fear in Kurt's eyes when he made him tap out to the ankle lock. And McIntyre admitted that angle had no quit in him. And he knew he would never quit until someone put him down for good. So he's got an old yeller, this man, essentially. McIntyre told the crowd to shut their mouths and get their cameras ready because uh, he was going to put them down. They marched to the ring and surrounded them until Braun Strowman ran down. Strowman then attacked uh, Drew McIntyre and Angle attacked Corbin. And Strowman threw a big leather chair at Corbin who ran away through the crowd with McIntyre. From there on, we got a main event essentially set up Angle and Strowman against McIntyre and Corbin. So they they um, basically said, Michael Cole said, we'll never know. Uh, about the main event, uh, or we'll never know if he came out here with the intention to retire. So, 
Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty much like every single like segment where someone walks out and it gets interrupted. Like you're going to say something, somebody interrupts, you completely lose your train of thought, completely forget what we were talking about. Just move on. It happens all the time. Yeah. So up next, we had the uh, qualifier for the Elimination Chamber: Sasha Banks and Bailey, Boston Hog Connection against Team Crazy, Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross, who was randomly a heel without a turn. Did they actually call themselves that? No, that's just me freestyling. Oh, okay. I want to say, wait, no. Team crazy. I believe it, too. I really believe it, too. So, uh, AEW has signed Jimmy Havoc. I've never seen any of Jimmy Havoc's work, but he seems to be a big name. Hey, so. man, this this is a raw, this is a, uh, this is a WWE review. Let's just do that. Enough w, or AEW talk. Like, yeah, I'm sure, look, news there's, breaking. there's a show on the network. There's a show on the network that can handle that. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, Sasha got jumped during her entrance, essentially, and Bailey got jumped. Um, they, you know, did a couple things. Uh, Fox basically um, started whooping that ass. Bailey got in the ring, and you know, Sasha was struggling to get to the apron. Bailey was fighting off both of them until she got cut off by a scissor kick. Uh, they worked over Bailey a little bit, and uh, Nikki used a flying crossbody off the apron to the floor. Uh, Nikki tried a running charge, but Sasha was hiding around the corner and yanked Bailey out of there, causing uh, Nikki Cross to run smooth into the post. Uh, Alicia Fox had herself in and stopped Bailey from tagging out. And Bailey caught her in the schoolgirl for the win, and Sasha never got in the match, so she's probably still hurt from whatever happened with her and Ronda. So, so quick question: When they brought them out on the ramp, they drug them out on the ramp. I remember they were kind of beating on Bailey, and then they pretty much like dragged Sasha out by the leg from Gorilla. Did I don't remember, but did Sasha like actually like take any contact? I don't. I don't remember. I'd have to. I'd have to rewatch that. Okay, because it looked. I mean, you watch the match, and she clearly. Um, She's not in the match. She does nothing in the match except for like make make that one save for for um or by the post, and then you know Bailey goes on and wins the match uh, by herself, and and then you hear you know she has some you know she's cleared, but there's certain levels of clearance, and one of the levels of clearance is you can be in a match, but you can't take bumps. So clearly she had that type of clearance. So I'm wondering if. You know, I'm wondering like how well they did that because you know they've done that before with like someone like um oh for example Jason Jordan at Royal Rumble last year. Right, that that one was weird. Like <laughs> like he really ain't do shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean it was kind of the same thing. So I was one I was wondering like if you keep your mind like did she ever get did she even so much as even get stomped on. Right, I would have to check on that. Um, okay. so after that they announced that um. Uh, the Hart Foundation will be going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, not the Hart Foundation with Owen Hart and the Bulldog and uh, Pillman, but the tag team, the Hart Foundation with Jimmy Hart. So that's right, Bret Hart, two-time Hall of Famer. And they get to put the anvil in there too since he just passed on. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy Hart can talk all day. So any memories of the Hart Foundation, James? I mean, just, I mean, for me, it's really... Uh, there, you know, there's two versions. The one that was, you know, with Jimmy Hart, I was uh, a little before my time, yeah. as far as being able to remember anything. But you know, uh, the one with Owen involved in, you know, all the shenanigans involving, um, 
how you know him being the you know the inferior brother if you will so um i remember i remember that specifically and like owen i i used to hate owen's guts i used to hate owen's guts so um like that, that's kind of what i keep in mind is like this this little jerk this i always think of think of like a little jerk i used to hate him i used to hate him on so much as a kid so uh but yeah like that's pretty much what it comes down to for me as far as that and also you know you throw in the the Brett robbery and it broke up. I mean, and then in larger and in larger terms, when I think of uh, the Owen version of the Hart uh, Foundation. I'm more getting to thinking of you know the new foundation. Yeah. So where they wearing so them them funny outfits? No comment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're obviously one of the greatest tag teams in uh, WWE history. Anytime yeah. we can get Bret Hart up on there, and hopefully we get some good stories because he's got a bunch of them. So after that, uh, so Apollo Cruz in the back, and Charlie he told Charlie that he didn't think Angle was intending on competing, but he was glad that he is. Charlie Caruso asked why he's glad. Why does he care? And then Cruz says because he was Kurt Angle and he was allowed to have a, ba- a couple bad matches. So. Uh, yeah, that that boy Kurt Angle got that privilege I see. But um, yeah. After that, uh, Razor walked up with Drake Maverick and confronted Cruz. Uh, Maverick told him that to admit that Kurt can't win, and Cruz asked Razor how he got his puppet to talk like that. Uh, did he put his hand uh, with some strings, or did he basically shove his hand up his ass? But they you know cut it off before he got the whole thing out. And Cruz, uh, Maverick said, uh, Cruz was upset that your Olympic hero kept letting him down, and then it fucking happened, James. It fucking happened. Elias and Jeff Jarrett segment started. Jeff Jarrett came out there and just came out here. <laughs> this fucking, this fucking dude. I can't believe this. So, Road Dog and Jeff Jarrett, uh, they cut promos before the match. Road Dog was doing his DX shtick, and he was dressed like Damian Lillard, uh, and they were in Portland, and. You know, he was doing the road dog gimmick and hold, did the whole DX, but then went back to doing the roadie. So this is him swapping gimmicks and everything like that. Jeff Jarrett came out. He was not Aztec Jeff Jarrett. He was not Straps Jeff Jarrett, but he was King of the Mountain Jeff Jarrett. So um, he basically called himself the world's greatest singer and entertainer and wrestler. And they sang that damn song again until Elias came out there. And Elias came out here with this zip him up on these boys. And it was just like, in this shit, bruh. And Elias said, nobody wanted to hear y'all. Nobody knows the lyrics and say your act is just like your song. It hasn't aged well. And he wondered what Road Dog was even doing there and asked, shouldn't he be on SmackDown tanking their ratings? Uh, Elias said that he turned down a halftime performance to come to Portland, a town not even good enough to have a football team. And then Jarrett basically quoted Razor Ramon and said, don't sing it, bring it. And we had to watch Elias and Jeff Jarrett have a match in 2019. And this match was horrible. Horrible. So, uh, Elias was in control. Of course, this is the bottom of the hour. Don't get it fucked up because we we know what type of um, duty that Elias gets put on. Um, (laughs) Elias was in control. Uh, He mocked Jarrett Strutt and did the cross shop at Road Dog. After that, yes. Elias, I popped uh, pop for that. Yeah, I, I, Elias popped me a couple times during this segment. Just a, a couple things he said. 
Well, uh, are we gonna finish? We're gonna finish this, this part off, but like Elias is, for me is definitely a shoe in to be a candidate for wrestler of the week this week. I'm sorry, he he yes. he, he earned this one. He's earned this one. Look, look, we put him on there last week. He did? <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Look, we nominated him last week for woman, woman Jeff's ass. So, look, if you drag Jeff Jarrett, that's another rule. If you drag Jeff Jarrett, you you will automatically qualify. So the Jeff Jarrett rule to go with the Lil John rule. Um, so basically, uh, Jared did like a comeback and, uh, road dog basically got in and, you know, kind of distracted him, but Jared did his strut, uh, hit an insiguri, but Elias knocked road dog off the apron, then gave Jared the drift away for the win. Then road dog attacked Elias from behind, who was the heel and knocked him down. And then road dog told him to suck it. And then Jeff Jarrett clocks Elias from behind with the guitar but the guitar doesn't even fucking break. So Jeff Jarrett has one fucking job, and that's to bust the guitar on Elias's back to ma- make him not look like a dumbass. So when it doesn't break, Elias has to fall anyway. And then Jeff I mean, Jarrett shit, essentially hit with a wet, with a blunt instrument. That shit had to hurt, or well, not blunt instrument, but this shit still had to hurt. And then. Jeff Jarrett just is acting like he's the babyface still. And it's like, they have buried this man for 20 years on this program. They've clowned him. They've made him look like a joke. How is he a babyface? He's hitting people from behind. Hold on. So, so just, just, just to sum this all up, the heel beat up Jeff Jarrett in a fair fight where he was outnumbered. Correct. Like a one-on-one fight against a dude with a manager, right? Mm-hmm. Said man- manager hops in and tries to attack him from behind and, and get a little piece of glory by hitting his comeback on him, but Elias cuts that shit off. And then he turns his back to the dude he just beat honorably, and that fucker grabs a guitar and hits him with it, and then they pose, and the segment ends. Who got yeah. over uh, the answer will be no one. <laughs> I, I I don't understand this. What was the point? Why are we watching Jeff Jarrett in 2018? 2019, sorry. I do not know. Was this supposed um, to pop a rating? Because it didn't. Oh, of course not. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett ain't popped a rating since ever. Bro. I, I, I'm just I'm just Name me the, name just me the time Jeff Jarrett ever popped a rating, Rich. Bro. I, I have nothing for you on that front. But Okay then. Jeff Jarrett, he <laughs> it's funny because I was I was reading the retro observer today. And essentially if you guys don't know how that works, like uh if you're subscribed to FRW, the he has, you know, a, a archive of old observers you can go through, but they go up a week at a time uh through the past. So this week's was the January 28th, 2002 um, episode, or, or excuse me, um, uh, newsletter. So the funny thing I was reading was a big paragraph about Jeff Jarrett. So Jim Ross had did this press conference at the time, and then Dave kind of like, you know, did some analysis, and they were talking about Jeff Jarrett. And this is what he said in 2002. He said, probably an accurate gauge of Jarrett right now is still a problem with how he left, but there is also a secondary problem. Unless views in the company change, 
views in the company change, nobody considers him top star material. There is a real problem of him being happy in the role as a prelim guy, and the reality is, given Jarrett's charisma and ability, I don't think he could rise above that level. Actually, the better word is should, because they could if they decide to push them. Or uh, anyone could if they decide to push him. He couldn't hold a candle to Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, Benoit, angle-level guys when it comes to work. Granted, better than Van Dam technically, but not in his league of being able to get over or entertain fans or charisma. Realistically, I, I, I disagree with that at that time, too. Like, you asked me who was a better wrestler, a better wrestler in 2002, RVD and, uh, and, and Jared Masters, RVD, 10 times out of 10. Sorry. Said, realistically, Jared has nothing on Christian, who was much younger and more charismatic, as well as better in the ring. And look at how much he's in the main picture. He's, he can't get over like Taz all due through to ECW, but there are still more people who believe Taz is a tough guy and he's a better interview as well, although Jarrett is a better all-around worker, but not necessarily in a way that gets over. Although Taz has potential to be noticed because of his interview delivery and ECW aura, and look at where Taz sits on the totem pole. I think Jarrett is a good worker, and in a perfect world, he could fit into this lineup in the lower half, but would he even want to? His rep as a star in recent years comes from his position at the top in WCW. This was more due to writers comfortable with him because they could trust him. Too bad he couldn't trust them because they still double-crossed him more than anything else. Going in, anyone with half a brain knew that him on top was going to be a disaster at the box office, and it was not, <laughs> not that, and it was, not that it was his fault because it wasn't that, but I think because of that positioning last year, his star quality is terribly overrated by some. If that's not an accurate description of Jeff Jarrett, I don't know what is. Yeah, that pretty much sums up his entire career. Yeah, man. Um, I'm not trying to watch no Jeff Jarrett on my screen no more. Do not bring him back. Me either, <laughs> sir. Me either. So, after that, uh, Dana Brooke apologized to Natalia for their loss last week. And Natalia didn't respond. And the whole time I knew Natty had headphones in. I knew she had the ear pods in. This shit was hilarious. Um, Natty let the hair down. She was dressed in regular clothes. You know. And and she basically ignored Dana Brooke. And, you know, she had no idea that she was there. Then they promoted the Ric Flair birthday celebration. Because he's turning 70 years old, James. James, what will be at the Ric Flair party? Um, I don't know, man. The Ric Flair know. party sound like the most lit place on earth. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's PG nowadays, so you know, he has a life partner. You know, I don't know, man. I, I think it might be a little more tame. I wonder if they're gonna let Arn out, but I think it's gonna be kind of tame. Look, I think I, at least I hope so. I guess. Look, there there will be the work party, and then there will be the shoot party. There will be whatever you want to get into at this party. <laughs> uh, look, man, you gotta remember he got he kind of has to slow his roll after uh, last year. So, um, or I'm sorry, two years ago. Um, so I think I think I, I think it might be kind of calmed down. So the announcer, hope. the announcers ran down uh, what happened earlier with Stephanie and um, and Becky and Cole speculated that Lynch didn't trust Stephanie or the doctors or why she's refusing to see them. And th- at that point, I, I tweeted WWE wrestler not trusting the medical staff. We getting real deep now. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, 
Hey, look at that. Look, look at that commentary team actually like being helpful and and actually adding to the storyline. Look, look at them. Look at them being helpful and being a, a positive for once. Look at them. Uh, so we had an interview with Finn Balor after that, and he told Charlie Caruso that the Irish were stubborn when wounded, and that seems to be going around tonight. Uh, Balor nice. said that he had. <laughs> He was hurt after the beatings from Lesnar and Lashley, and he was told to stay home, but he's not going to be pushed around or held down. Said that he was going to take the fight to Lashley and would take his Intercontinental Championship the first opportunity he got. Uh, Balor came out first, uh, but Leo Russ said that Balor didn't deserve a chance at Lashley, and Lashley couldn't curl dumbbells bigger than Balor. And uh, Lashley basically said that you or. Leo said that you're going to f- fight, or Lashley said that you're going to fight against um, uh, Leo tonight. He also said he could beat Brock Lesnar in a wrestling match in the ring and octagon and in his sleep. So why they keep doing this, I have no idea. Maybe they're teaching that match at uh, WrestleMania 35 or something. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, you know, the best part is, you know good and well, like, when Lashley signed on last year, or like this time last year, it, I'm sure in his mind he thought, I'm going to get a shot at Brock Lesnar. <laughs> nah, you, you, you know what probably happened? He probably, they probably sh- shot him that unit. Vince was like, I can see you wrestling Brock Lesnar. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Lashley was like, yeah, I'm going to be working with Brock at SummerSlam. Nope. Dude, can you, ima- <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine, like a year ago, like some of the thoughts of, uh, people we have for uh, people have for Lashley, especially people that um, that that had good things to say about his uh, his TNA run or I'm sorry, Impact. You know, Caleb. Will, will, uh, I have to hear from Caleb. So, and then just to see where he, this whole year has gone for Lashley is like, dude, this is oof, talk about talk about just just terrible. Yeah, man, I, I'm not trying to trying to watch Bobby Lashley under normal circumstances. So I didn't. I'm mind. not trying to watch him do a goddamn thing anymore. Uh, I, I didn't mind this substitution. We got Leo Rush versus Finn Balor. Um, now these guys, I think, if they wrestled any other promotion in the world, this could have been a blowaway match. But that wasn't the design here. wasn't bad or anything, but it was just you know regular. Um, yeah, Balor, Balor obviously went over, beat Leo Rush in about eight minutes. Um, Paige came out and. She came out to a real big reaction because we were like, why is Paige here? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, she's here to shield the movie. So, um, yeah, the movie looks rather mid uh, on the on the previews. It looks like a Disney special. <laughs> Damn. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Bro, whatever. It, it is so weird watching Dwayne Johnson play The Rock, but it's really Dwayne Johnson. It look it's it's so fucking warped. Wait, so wait, so you're saying that it's weird to see a, a person play themselves in a movie? Yes. That happens a lot, a lot more than you think. But but this is like wrestling too. So it was like he's playing a character, playing okay, a character, playing saying, a character. Like, like, I get, like? I get what you're <laughs> yes, I get what you're saying. He, he it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing. Dwayne the Rock Johnson slash The Rock, and I, I get what you're saying. Yes, I get. There, there's yes. It's almost. I mean, it's, it's not exactly like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropical. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, Tropical Thunder. Oh my God, Tropical. It's not exactly that. It's not. It's, he's not a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude, but it yeah. is layers to it. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw him like fire up, I'm like, The Rock didn't sound like this. Like. <laughs> 
not not <laughs> like 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 rock he he ain't quite got the sauce the rock rock used to have you know um oh yeah i don't know i don't know rock uh we have to try that out so up next we had a moment of cringe um to to steal from uh jd um <laughs> What up to JD? Uh, but yeah, man. So we had a Alexa with bro, another one, another one, James. Well, this is okay. So had there been three or four of these things? I'm not sure. Okay, there was a one where they all uh, when they all did the Rumble deal. There was one with uh, Otis coming out. Yep. Um, there was this one. Was. Was there one with no? That wasn't actually officially a moment of bliss yet, but that was one where um, they did back to back weeks of um, boss hug connection in there with her, and it all bombed. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's so weird where it's like all of these things are the ones that are. Let me phrase this: all of them stink. That in all the stuff in it, and all of these things have all stuck when it's involved Alexa Bliss trying to be. Miz or Piper or Edge or Jericho or Owens or anybody else Christian. that's always had an interview yep. show. Anyone. Until someone comes out there and saves it in some way, shape, or form, whether it's um, Sasha Banks coming out there saying, bitch, what line? Or it's like uh, the other night when Dean Ambrose comes out there and says, tells Naya, look, I know people out here, you know, I got this, I got this raw... I got this raw sexual magnetism. You know, magnetism. Like everybody, every time he does one of these things, it goes off the fucking rails until someone saves her or no one ever comes and saves her. And it just stays off the rails. Yeah. So she has guest EC three out here who, Oh uh, my God, who, who this trained fighter flew to the city. He got sheened up and he got in his draws to come out here and get interviewed and then not talk. So, um, Alexa was hitting on him essentially said that he had a very big bank account and she said that he's been playing hard to get bouncing between Raw and Smackdown and she like is completely you know throwing it at this man essentially before he could say anything uh, Nia and Tamina came out Nia didn't care about none of this shit uh, and, and wanted to talk about the week that she had talking about entering the men's Royal Rumble and qualifying for the Elimination Chamber with uh, Tamina Tamina stood there looking dominant. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> what? She's looking dominant. <laughs> I figured I, I put what, 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 what Tamina brought to, brought to the segment. You know. You know. Um. <laughs> oh my god! Like the only like. You saying that like now it makes me like reimagine it as instead of her just standing there with a with just a blank expression. And I imagine now where Dominance. she's standing there and she out there like you know putting a hand over her fist like you know I'm ready uh, you know like ready to like, break, ready, ready to break, to break somebody, somebody off, <laughs> break it off. Um, yeah, man. So after that, uh, Bliss uh, noted that Mickey James lost and she did not lose and. Uh, Nia Jax wondered what was next for her and she talked about filling in for Becky Lynch at Wrestlemania big big heat um, Dean Ambrose came out and said he's sorry Alexa I don't want to be out here as much as you don't want me out here and then Nia was like how dare you interrupt my interrupt which was funny um, 
after that, uh, Ambrose asked who uh, this dude was. Bliss said it was EC3. EC3 was about to respond, but Ambrose smacked the mic out of his hands like he was a child. Uh, Ambrose then asked him a bunch of questions, asked him why his name was EC3 and where, or EC1 and 2. That was great. Crowd laughed. And he wondered why EC3 hung around backstage like a mute Chippendale dancer instead of getting in the ring. Uh, EC3 was going to say something else, but then uh, instead he hit Ambrose with a punch. And then they went to the ring and stood around for three or four minutes before the bell rang. Uh, Ambrose was essentially a babyface here. Um, they had a match, and EC3 beat Ambrose in two minutes and 36 seconds. The Dean Ambrose World Jobbing Tour coming to a city near you. <laughs> Were you impressed with anything in this match? Or did it just kind of happen? The match? Yes. I mean... Nah. <laughs> right? <laughs> nah. Um, I, I mean, I'm just finding it so weird to approach your goal with EC3 because... Rich, if there's anything... Do you know anything about EC3 outside of before NXT? No. Okay. So... All, all I've been led to believe. All I know about what, is the Dixie Carter name thing, uh, okay. but I don't. So the name of his game was he was over because he's a because he's a great promo. And I'm, I'm and you've watched enough NXT to know that like yeah that dude is a very good talker who can pretty much do anything on the mic. <laughs> so their idea is, hey, the guy in an era where all we do is talk. And you have to talk to actually keep yourself over. We're going to have a guy come out here and he's not going to talk, even though he's a great talker. Like, it, it's mind boggling. This is malpractice. It's mind boggling to me. Um, Dean, <laughs> Dean Ambrose uh, earned an automatic LeBron James, you bum of the week, not nod to uh, due to violating the Lil John rule. Uh, don't start no shit, won't be no shit, essentially. And he got whooped um, by a dude that essentially wasn't even planning to fight. He just came out there looking to sell his self, you know? <laughs> we got to talk about... We, okay, so can we talk about Alexa? Sure. On a scale of 1 to 10, how high was the thirst? Not not, not by based on what she was saying, just the look in her <clears throat> eye. Like, she looked like she was in the Sahara Desert look. for 12 hours, and, and EC3 looked like the biggest bottle... Uh, of Fiji water you've ever seen in your life. She looked like she was ready to fight for seed. We can move on. We can move on. <laughs> I can't believe you said that when we're recording this. Let's, 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 wow. Look, could, could a drug Naya and Tamina at the same time? I, I want no parts of this conversation. I want no parts of this. You, you go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. We can move on. Move right along. So after that, we got Rob Gronkowski's best friend, uh, Mojo Rowley. <laughs> yelling at himself in front of the mirror again james we mojo Riley was having full conversation with no one else in the room what drug is it he, he <laughs> laughed he laughed at himself he laughed at himself like hey man so do bruh. we need to go see if he, do we need to go see if mojo's okay bruh it I almost don't blame Mojo. That man's going crazy inside the WWE. Like he's he's losing it. Be, be, he's unwinding. Better question. 
Last week, we saw him in a dark room looking in the mirror talking to himself, too. Has he left the room yet? Has he left the room in a week? Has he washed? Yes. I'm, I'm really kind of asking, is he... I mean, the beard looked kind of, like, well kept together for someone that ain't left, but... I mean, maybe he looked in the mirror and lined himself up. My question is this. As he left the room... What I want to know is, did he send those tapes from one location? Or is he going, like, city to city and finding a new dark room that looks, like, similar? (laughs) Please help us. You know, we're trying to understand here. Because, you know, I like the dude. But... Wait. Wait. What drug is it? It's dark. We don't see anything in that room. Wait. My thing is this. There's another part. Always, just nothing dark, black nothingness around the furniture he's he's sitting on and and like in touching and then the mirror. How do we know that's a room? How do we know he's not in the alternate dimension? We don't. How do we know he's not? How do we not know? How do we know if he's whether or not he's in like that Superman Phantom Zone where they put the where they put the evil uh, Kryptonians and shit? Look, how do we not know? We don't. Whether or not. We don't. We don't know. We don't know how like. Is there okay. are are there any doors in that room? I don't know. Like, look, bro, he's in the second place. Oh my god! <laughs> he's in the second place. <laughs> he's in the second place. Someone help Mojo Rally, please. He just, happen, uh, he just happens to have furniture. Why he has furniture, I don't know. But it looks like he can't get out. Hashtag please help Mojo. Please help Mojo. Um, after that, we got our main event. Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin defeating Kurt Angle and Braun Strowman via DQ. So just like Monday WCW Monday Nitro of old, we go off the air with a disqualification after a terrible episode of Raw. I don't even want to talk about this main event. This show was an abomination. Um, <laughs> like just, just just bad matches, weak promo segments, bunch of nothing happening. Bad nostalgia acts, nonsensical booking. It pretty much has everything covered. Like <laughs> low star power, all that. Yep, 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 yep. Pretty much like it felt on this show that um, Ronda is the Rock and Becky is Austin. And Stephanie, it was her dad, and Damn. those three actually, and those three actually did well on um, what they were given, and everyone else looked more or less like starless people that you know we suffer to get to more time we can actually see Austin, Big Man, and The Rock. Apt analysis. Um, I- Except, I mean, and I'm not saying that neither they're they're they're. Those kind of drops are saying like those three did well. The everyone else, mm, mm, I don't know. Do you, do you like them leaning this hard into trying to replicate that storyline? Because I don't like. I mean, like, I think okay. the personal issue between Rhonda and Becky is is great before they even try to you know rip these pages out of the Stone Cold playbook that they continuously have tried to rip pages out of for the last twenty years. They have one idea, James, and just keep. Going yep. back to it in all yep. forms. Yep. Um, uh, it doesn't bother me. Um, and it's, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. Um, it, except for, and this happens a lot of times when it kind of 
retell, you know, some of their greatest hits from time to time. Um, they forget the nuances and the circumstances that were the reason why things worked as well as like some of their, you know, greatest moments in WWE history actually worked. Right. Um, like it, it is very, it is very, very crucial that Austin was being the piss every, every other week out of Vince when Vince was despised by his actual fans. Um, and it doesn't mean, and, it, and it's not the same thing as, uh, you know, we believe that the old, the coloring of good guys and bad guys is passe and we, and you know, in the time honor tradition, all the other bullshit, like, he went out there and said it like a week or two later after uh, he screwed Brent, and but no one bought it. People still hit his guts. People were furious. And in this case, like a few weeks ago, they went out there and all the man's baby faced himself. All of them are still more or less baby faces, except for Vince, because we just had to find a way to we just had to find a terrible way to get Braun out of that match. But outside of that, like the baby faced and. You know, I it, that element that they missed that they missed out on that beat, and that was a crucial beat. Um, and you know, maybe they have to heal the McMahon's up again, but it'd just be like, great. So, not only do you guys not change the product, not only do you guys still do the same exact shit that you do, like put Baron Corbin in main event of Raw, <laughs> like y'all y'all are back to meddling, just like after you said that you wouldn't meddle, and it only took and it only took y'all less oh, than really, a month. Really, only took y'all two <clears> weeks, <throat> but like. Now in the main event, not even in the main event, like it, y'all couldn't restrain yourselves from getting involved in some hot shit for literally a month or, you know, so. Well, you know, I always say it. We'll see. But, you know, when I say we'll see, it never we'll ends see. up. It never yeah. ends up. <laughs> right. My will see, my will see is like, well, I could be wrong. Usually not. But I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll see. And it seems like the door opened real wide to try to get Charlotte in there. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's going to wrap up the Raw review. We will be back with the SmackDown Live portion. Welcome back. It is time for part two of the show, the SmackDown Live portion. James, what you got, man? Yeah, WWE SmackDown Live, February 5th. Uh, 2019 from Everett, Washington. Charlotte comes down to the ring. She cuts a promo about how Becky's arrogance uh, got the better of her last night on Raw, and she hopes um, she's thinking more clearly today and goes and goes to see the doctor and uh, does a rehab so she can be healthy for WrestleMania. Um, she says there's one thing she does know, and that she knows that there is someone who is 100% healthy who would love to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. So the crowd kind of boos, and then Charlotte puts out a big smile and points at the WrestleMania sign. And then all of a sudden, you see a spotlight just below this, uh, the WrestleMania sign. And you look closer, somebody walks into the spotlight. It is the man, the suspended Becky Lynch. Who is that in all that black? Yes. <laughs> she oh, it, it's not that. Charlotte, by the way, who is completely Jack Becky Lynch's look, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, so, 
Not kind of totally. So <laughs> she makes her way. Th- so Becky makes her way through the crowd while Charlotte yells uh, for security. It reminded me of <laughs> after Rick James kicked the shit out of a. I'm sorry. After Charlie Murphy kicked the shit out of Rick James through that mirror, and he called for security. Was crossed by security. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, next thing you know, um, she Char- Charlotte yells that it's uh it's one thing for her to to steal her dad's uh, catchphrase. It's another thing for her to steal Roman Reigns' entrance. Not the shield, not not the du- three dudes that used to walk through the um, arenas, just Roman Reigns. Yes, as, and also another part is like, Roman Reigns hasn't walked through the crowd except for with the shield for a few years now. Like, so it really is the shield's thing. Like, whatever. It, whatever. Boy. It's one of those things that's going to annoy you if, you know, if you're just on the, like... Wh- can we let Roman just be in peace, please? Like, do we always need to invoke the name of Roman Reigns at every fucking show we do on, like, every single week at least on WWE television on the main roster? That, okay, that, that, anyway. that's what they did. <laughs> they, they, they just love to do that. Like, let them, like, let it chill, man. That man's like trying to get his life together. He's fighting for his life, for Christ's sake. Anyway, so. Uh, Becky, she gets to, Becky gets all the way into the ring, and then Becky tells her to stop boring people to death. Um, and <laughs> so as she goes again to the ring, all of a sudden the geeks come down to the ring. Way more geeks than needed. Um, we had geeks in uh, we had geeks in uh, roughing suits. We had geeks in in um, in three piece suits. Zebra um, geeks. Yeah, we had zebra geeks. So all of a sudden, as as that pops off, all of a sudden Triple H brings his monkey ass down to the ring. He tells Becky that she's spinning; she needs to go home before uh, turning to tell Charlotte that she, this doesn't concern her. She needs to get out, which is already being memed up as a situation yes. for people that don't want her in the match at WrestleMania. Hollow. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you know she, how meta of them. So uh, Charlotte. You know, just just you know, unlike just like the 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 worker bee that she is, about faces and leaves out the ring. Hunter and then uh, Triple H addresses uh, Becky again, telling her to go home to go see a doctor and get cleared if she wants to be unsuspended. Becky says she doesn't trust it um, and doesn't see any of this uh, as good faith. Uh, Triple H tells her uh, her trust doesn't matter. Uh, it, it is what it is, and it's her only option, which is like, yikes. That look, is. Look, people wow. not operating in good faith? I know a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Huh, I have a bunch of jokes. So I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter uh, goes on to leave, and then Becky asks him, uh, How is Stephanie doing? And asks if Stephanie's cleared after she got punched in the face last night. That was great. And that, and that stops Triple H, uh, and he ends up coming back into the ring, and he says he sees it now. He actually had bought into all of that the man crap, but the truth is she's not the man after all. That's just a lie. And she's just a self-destructor afraid of failure. Uh, she's looking to be a martyr only to find a way out of the whole thing. It's like, yikes. Can we just go back to 2014 already? Like, Can we just go back to 2014 and all the, and all the back and forth? Right when, when Punk left, like that's what it sounds like. But whatever. Oh so, my God, like, this is yeah, so, so unneeded. So, <laughs> like this is so unnecessary. I mean, I it's one of those things with Triple H where he does like the hill perspective, but 
the thing for me is like he makes the hill perspective so like ridiculous that you can't even buy into it like he lays out this 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 is my perspective this is an elaborate a, scenario this is my perspective as a bag oh gaslighting yes yes yeah like but let's it, be honest like you can't even it pulls you out of the it pulls you out of the story of it or uh, like this is just like the whole thing with Roman, when he turned on Rollins and he said, because you start buying into these fans, it's like, but he was healed when you turned on him. You know, we, we didn't think you could cut the mustard anymore, but you turned on him in the middle of a fucking title match. What are you talking about, Triple H? Like, it's like, what? whatever, whatever, whatever. All right, so we're just going to go back. Um, so he says, so when Becky's uh, scratching Clark away to survive to the Survivor Series match against uh, Rhonda, she, uh, she came, that Becky came looking to to Raw when she invaded it um, for a way out, and she got it. Uh, she knew that she was, she knew that it was a suicide mission, uh, but she did it anyway. And then she complained about it, and then she uh, complained about being in what you what did you call it medical prison? No, she called it doctor jail, but whatever. Uh, and then she uh, scratched and clawed her way to WrestleMania. And here we go again, just uh, just with a convenient excuse, looking for a way to uh, a way out of it. When um, the truth is, she's just afraid. Yikes! Like maybe you should have your heel say this as opposed to you, authority figure guy. Um, you still with me? Yeah, and, and, and he said okay. uh, Rousey was going to expose Becky for the fraud she is, like. I mean, yeah, I was I was getting to that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to skip past this. I am not, I just I'm getting annoyed reading this bullshit, bro. Like, um, <laughs> like, like so, Ronda like co-opted with them now. Like, like we done completely went 180 on with this shit. So Triple H and Stephanie down with Ronda now. Who knew? It, it's amazing. Like Stephanie was a babyface on Monday. Triple H because her wife got punched. Immediately heals out. He caught a slap for his troubles too, though. Yeah, yeah, we were getting we're getting to that. So, uh, he's saying all this stuff while Becky is sitting there unbothered, just like much like last week when she was unbothered by Ronda threatening to murder her uh, uh, with her bare hands. Um, so Lynch uh, slaps fire across his face. Um, they square up nose to nose. Uh, Becky doesn't give an inch, sitting there just just looking completely unbothered by this old man. So uh, look, she be- leaves. She leaves with security, um, looking like Goldberg. So she <laughs> look. Be- Becky be- better be careful. This is a new company since the Royal Rumble. Like uh, Triple H had a cop back on her ass. Like <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> this is a new company Christ. since the Royal Rumble. They they had Rey Mysterio beating up women, so we don't know what Triple H will do. Actually, we do know what Triple we do. H we just will saw do. Last He's out here shoving around Ronda, and then Ronda whooping his ass. Look, I, I still it, look, and we got plenty I, of tape with Tri- Triple H putting the boost of Lita out there. Yeah, so commentary hypes up Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali versus Randy Orton for later tonight, but then they decide to uh, tell us that coming out next is the odd couple matchup of Rusev and Nakamura versus the club. We come back for commercial break with the club already in the ring getting that jobber entrance. Um, Gallows uh, knocks knocks uh, Rusev out of the ring to start the match. Anderson was briefly in control until Nakamura nailed him with a knee to the gut. Rusev tagged himself in to argue with Nakamura because odd couples. Uh, the fate uh, 
the good brothers uh, fought back, uh, and Anderson hit a dive to the floor, uh, wiping out both uh, Nakamura and Rusev. The heels regained control um, and isolated Anderson on their side of the ring. Nakamura set up for a, a Bumbai knee. I don't say uh, that other word no more. Uh, <laughs> <Anderson got laughs> with, the, with the spine buster, uh, Rusev was screaming at Nakamura to tag him in. Uh, Gall- Gallows gets a hot tag and ran mild. Not with the M, not the W. Nakamura ended up on the floor, and Lana yelled at him to get back in the ring by actually taking off her high heel and using her barefoot in her walking boot. Literally lifts Nakamura's ass off the ground and gets him back towards the ring. So, and then the next thing you know, Nakamura gets in, jumps, jumps in the ring, and breaks up the magic killer. And then uh, Nakamura hits the Bumayani on Gallo. Gallows and then Anderson uh, and Anderson then nails Nakamura with a drop kick and then next thing you know he turns around and he eats a mashy kick and uh, Rusev gets the, the, the pin. It was good to see uh, Carl Anderson and Shinsuke Nakamura in there working fast and crisp and hard. Felt like the 2015 G1 a little bit. They had a good match there on the first day. I still don't know how to react or feel about hearing that uh, Anderson was in the in a G one and actually was like very good in it. I I, I don't believe it based <laughs> off because of, all I've ever seen is WWE stuff and nothing least to believe that he was actually. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we tossed we tossed backstage to um, Mustafa Ali doing a promo. He talks about how no one expected him to beat Randy Orton or survive um, the Elimination Chamber. Uh, but what if he defies expectations and becomes WWE champion? Think what about if? it. What if? What if? Like Jason Derulo, what if? Yes, what <laughs> if? Anyway, pages, pages like, fi- like 50 Cent, what if? Like... <laughs> pages backstage uh, or looks or on a set or something. She's somewhere that's clearly not here. Uh... uh to toss to a trailer for her movie uh, with The Rock, we got the same. We're not doing the same jokes over again. Like it, it looks the same exact thing they did on Monday. Just move on. Uh, so we come back from commercial break, and we're informed that we're going to get Mick Mick with the Usos on as the guest. Man, if the Usos, I, I'm glad the Usos can talk. But yeah, Mick, what was it called? Mick Miz TV. It's Miz TV with Mick on the front. So it's like it, it it's yeah, so Mick Miz TV. They wildin'. Yeah, it looks like that's just two for five. Anyway, the Usos. Uh, we get a backstage Usos uh, promo. Uh, uh, where they question the notion of Shane McMahon and the Miz being the best tag team in the world because clearly that's nonsense. Uh, they run down their bona f- their bona fides as far as their credentials is you know how great they've been and multiple time champions this and third and they vow to uh, lock McMahon's TV down in the USO Penitentiary. Um, I don't know, like I feel like you can cut the worst promo ever, and then if you end it with like the kind of passion they have when they say the USO Penitentiary, <laughs> I feel like anything. I feel like that can fix anything. That's like when they talk. That's like when Dame Dash said, like you know, Kanye's not a good rapper. But if we put camera on every song and save the save the we'll album, save the it album. can work. That's what it sounds like. So we need All to right, have so, we, we need to have Rhonda hit them up then and see see if uh, right. she she can use that under fair use, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
we get Mustafa Ali versus Randy Orton. Orton makes his way down to the ring. We get an in-picture promo of um, of him saying words earlier. Uh, he says that he's not even going to bother to learn uh, his opponent's name because he's just like all the other ones he's ever beaten. Uh, so we start a match, and Orton was in, in control. Um, he gives Ali a back suplex on the announce table. Uh, he slowed down the pace. Of course, he slowed down the pace. I was going to say, Randy Orton, <laughs> of course, he slows down the pace. <laughs> yeah. And, and he locks on it. <laughs> and he locked on a chin lock. Ali fought back, but Orton hit a power slam for a near fall. Orton then hit a superplex for a very close two count. Orton went back to a chin lock and slowed the pace again. Orton attempted the back suplex on the announce table again, but Ali uh, slipped out, out of the back. He uh, he sent Orton over the announce table, and then he dove over the table onto Orton with a crossbody. He then hit a rolling X-Factor. He actually throws Orton back into the ring, and then he from the apron, he rolls into the ring and gives a rolling X-Factor. Um, and then we actually get a, a shot of, of uh, Ali's eye swelling, like, nearly closed. It, he, like, he needed Mick to go cut him. Yes, actually like uh, a hot dog. Plus, when you cook it, yes. <laughs> or like the what? hot dog rolls, like you know. Okay, guy. Uh, so <laughs> I lost track where I was because that fool's just... okay. So, oh yeah, Ali avoided the RKO and hit a tornado DDT for a near fall. Um, Ali then went up for the for the uh, reverse uh, four fifty, but Orton gets to his feet. Yanks him off the rope, feet first into the air, and then hits it. RKO for the win. This was a very, very good match. Um, after the match, Samoa Joe attacks Orton and locked on the Coquina Clutch. He choked out Orton and attacked Ali as well. As uh, as Joe was leaving, uh, Daniel Bryan walked out. Uh, Joe started walking toward him, and then <laughs> uh, Rowan uh, actually appeared and stepped in front of Bryan, and then Joe backed off. So we come back from a break, and then Joe cuts a backstage promo about how physics work a little different for him because you know anybody involved with with TNA or uh, or I'm sorry Impact TNA like apparently they just can't stick with the normal way things work. So he he gives he says that uh, for each for each action uh, I'm sorry with each action. Um, there is a, uh, there isn't an equal and, um, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's, it's an equal and overwhelming reaction. And he, he will end, uh, he said the ends will justify the means. And then he will end up raising the WWE championship in the air. One can only hope. So, I mean, I, I, when he said that, bro, I was like, oh no, he's about to do Steiner. He's about to do Steiner, Steiner physics. He's about to do Steiner physics. Not Steiner math, Steiner physics. God damn, that's like the next level. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bunch of funny stuff this week. Yes. So uh, we go in the ring unintentionally. Yes. So uh, so we go back to the ring. Daniel Bryan gets on the mic, and he says he finally gets to talk to the people who understand what what he's trying to do. He's getting cheered like a god, even though he's an environmental heel. Uh, He says the the people of the great state of Washington are intelligent and realize that they need change. Unfortunately, the WWE champion, uh, he, say, he says, as WWE champion, he's he's trying to speak to a global audience, and these people don't understand that their crass, selfish behaviors uh, destroy themselves and their minds, and they fatten their bodies, and um, they're just trying to get a dopamine rush to get over to the next hump. Um, you see uh, that he's fighting an uphill battle. 
and that's why he created the new title, a symbol for people to rally behind. But the old title was a symbol of excellence and, and of excess, and that the title is not only a symbol of excellence, but for change as well. Uh, he says that if people are threatened by that change, and um, Ron gets on the mic and explains uh, <laughs> that uh, he says he starts talking about Galileo and that uh, great thinkers are considered dangerous. He's getting booed. Brian gets back on the mic and says, "How dare you? Uh, how dare you? What and boo my friend?" Um, <laughs> so he he says all that, and then he says uh, he he moves on to say. Uh, He's trying to serve a, a, a greater power, greater than um, greed, money, or fame, and he's the plate of champion. But the suits back there don't like it, and that's why he's stuck in the Elimination Chamber fighting for his title against five jabrones. So damn Are Brian he, back against the authority? I mean, kind of. But it's supposed to be this roles reverse until this week when, like, Triple H healed himself after baby-facing baby himself just weeks ago. Terrible, anyway, bro. Terrible. Yeah. Make up your mind. <laughs> word, uh, word to Ashley Banks. Hmm? I'll explain it later. Yeah, I'll get that one, bro. I got to <laughs> move on. All right. So um, Jeff Hardy is interviewed backstage, and he says that Brian has made him sick, and no one has uh, disrespected the like he has. What? Hardy- Stop right there. This company put the belt on Jerry Mahal before. Go ahead. I mean, they've done plenty of things with the WWE <laughs> title. Come on, man! Like they they smashed one up and then made it the hardcore title for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Hardy. Uh, Hardy says he's considering intervening, but he knows that Brian is interested in a debate, so he's going to go out there and make him shut up. Because we all know how well those debates uh, end up uh, changing people's minds. Yeah. So AJ Styles storms down and uh, storms down, and inter- interrupts and says he can't ar- agree uh, more. But Jeff's been around for a long time, and with his recent history, is he really the guy to uh, represent that legacy? Bruh. Double entendre. Some lines mean more than you think. Yeah. So <laughs> Jeff says that AJ, AJ can't that, that, that the real AJ can't beat the new Daniel Bryan, so maybe he's not the guy either. And then he says that, uh, that if he finished the job at Royal Rumble, then he wouldn't be having this conversation, and that they'll settle it in the chamber. Um, so we go somewhere else. I'm sorry. So then we get uh, interest from Carmella, newly formed Carmella and Naomi, and we end up getting an inbox inset promo as well, where Naomi runs down Mandy Rose for telling lies about Tough Enough, and then Carmella explains that the origin of their team, and then they send us to break. We come back and we get a a clip from WWE.com earlier from uh, the Icon explaining that um, they're going to win the tag titles and, and also what it would mean to them. So then we get a backstage promo with Mandy Rose and Sonya back in Gorilla, and um, and they talk about how they're an established team and there's some of the only women in this year's elimination match that were actually in it last year. So we so we start off with the the triple threat that we've all been waiting for: Carmella versus Na- Car- Carmella and Naomi versus Mandy Rose and, Sa- and uh, Sonya Deville. Versus Payne Royce and Billy Kay. So we start with Manny Rose. The good, the good old oh, WCW triangle match. Yeah. Anyway, I made, I made a mistake on that. Uh, we start with the Iconics isolating uh, Carmella in a corner. Payne Royce sends Carmella into Billy Kay's knee for a near fall. 
Carmella uh, kicked Billy into Mandy in um, Sonya's corner. Um, Mandy tagged herself in and locked in a abdominal stretch on Carmella. Yikes. Naomi ends up getting the tag and then chases Mandy out, but she tagged out. So, um, immediately tagged out. Completely shook. Um, Royce tagged in, um, but Naomi threw her into Mandy, and then Mandy uh, had to inadvertently made the tag, and she didn't want no smoke. But too bad, because Naomi pulls her by her hair over the top rope into the ring. Anyway, there was a, it was a distraction, and then um, the and then Mandy ended up hitting the her version of the fairy tale ending on Naomi for the win. I'm about tired of Mandy Rose mean, going over on uh, Naomi. I I I I I completely agree with the sentiment. Like, either how many times you want to embarrass her to try to elevate Mandy Rose when she's out here sinking like a stone because what she's putting out here is wet dope. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I mean, honestly. Well, no, no. There's there's nothing wrong with Mandy Rose, right? But like, no, this is fu- this is fine. so they're one-sided. They're, the thing. Well, I don't, I don't even say that. I just think that what they're trying with her, um, one is bad. It, it's a bad layout for doing it. So even if she was as cool, well, I don't know what she got. She, I don't know if it will raise her profile or not. Even if she was doing knocking out the park, but she ain't knocking out the park. Um, and then it's just like, all right, so we're going to embarrass her for a month. Then what? Like, if you're trying to elevate her to where she could be someone that could be a title challenger, she needs to beat more women than just Naomi. Yeah. Anywho. So we come back from our break and we get a recap of the opening segment with Charlotte, Becky and Triple H. Oh, I'm sorry. Even before that. Sorry. Um, after that match, we get Andrade uh, on a promo talking about uh, Ray. And Selena joins him uh, and says that Ray is a folktale, a fable, best left uh, to the history books. And almost stomped out this, this legend last week. Um, and the legend of Andrade starts with, with Ray's end. I ain't like that. Not one bit. So uh, commentary that hypes up uh, Daniel Brown versus Hardy and then tosses to a Black History Month uh, video package about... Um, about uh, Dr. King's uh, letter, Birmingham, letter from Birmingham jail speech. So we come back from commercial break, and we get a recap of uh, the opening segment with Charlotte, Becky, and Triple H. Uh, commentary asks if anyone is ready for Oscar, and then they show a great highlight reel uh, and video package of our ass-kicking SmackDown Live Women's Champion. So we get Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy. Um, Bryan took over uh, hitting the running uh, dropkicks in the corner. Hardy fought back and sent Brian to the floor with a drop kick. Hardy attempted to jump off the steps, but Rollins stood in the way because heat. Uh, that gave Brian the chance to uh, regain control. He actually uh, wiped him out on the on the steps. Like he, he swiped his foot and he actually landed on the top of the steps, and it looked like he busted his head on on the steps. It looked bad. Like Jeff got to stop taking these bumps, bro. Every time you take a bump, I'm like, ugh. Anyway. Um, Brian worked over Hardy's arm, but Hardy fought back. Uh, he sent Brian to the floor and hit a clothesline off the top apron, off the apron. Uh, Hardy uh, went for a swanton bomb, but Brian rolled out of the way. Uh, Brian regained control and scored a, a near fall. Uh, Brian hit yes kicks, but Hardy uh, hit a twist of fate. He hit a swanton bomb, but Rowan rolled him out of the ring for disqualification. 
And this was in the middle of actually a pretty good match. So after the match, Brian applied the, the label lock on Hardy. Uh, Joe suddenly attacked Rowan from behind, and he locked on the Coquina Clutch on Brian. Randy Orton ran out of brawl with Joe. Mustafa Ali ran out and hit a drop kick on Joe and Orton uh, with a a less well eye as if he got like it, it drained a bit. Um, Ali, I'm sorry. Uh, Ali then uh, hit a dive on Rowan, but Rowan caught him and uh, slammed him on the announce table. It looked brutal. Uh, AJ ran out and went after everyone. He hit a phenomenal forearm on Hardy, uh, and then Brian ran off to avoid confrontation with Styles because he's scared of a guy he keeps beating. Uh, <laughs> so, like, how Triple H of him? Uh, so, uh, Brian heads backstage, and we get an interview, and he screams at, uh, I think it was a fly ref. He just screams at her. Yeah. Um, he insists that Rowan is uh, his friend and, and peer, and all he and he did all that out there uh, by himself, and that's why he's the greatest. Uh, Eric isn't a, isn't his bodyguard. No, they hang out because they're intellectual peers. All those guys are just in for his match. And why? Because they're not getting uh, the title. Not ever. Why? Because Daniel Bryan will be the champion forever because that's what this planet needs. He said they interviewed in a match after Rowan ended the match on a DQ. Classic gaslighting heel. Yeah. I love. And we end up ending the show just like that. So both shows ended with DQs this week. Yes, with 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 matches that go for length, for some length and and a fuck finish. Yes, lame yes. as fuck. Do a three minute match in a DQ, not a twelve minute match, not a seventeen minute match. Oh, that's so annoying. Neither one of these shows were good. Um, I would say that. Raw was worse than SmackDown. It was because that Jeff Jarrett shit is like the ultimate low. But but this I one mean, was good I, I mean, look, it, see, I don't necessarily look okay. Uh, the Jeff Hardy thing was bad, or sorry, the Jeff uh, Jarrett thing was bad. But like, it was it was like at least the bad that you can laugh at because it was hysterically, uh, unintentionally hilarious. Um, but I will say like. <sighs> I think the two best matches, or no, I think the three best matches on um, either one of these shows all came on SmackDown this year, this week. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't have much praise for SmackDown um, outside of like the very few things, uh, very very few things, but it was still better than Raw. Yeah, but we will uh, be back to name our LeBron James U Bum of the Week and the Wrestler of the Week. The name caller. What I say? Let me hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> It's not a game call. It's a... Uh, bum. Welcome back. It is time for the LeBron James You Bum of the Week. So, um, yeah, we've got several motherfuckers here on this list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you tell it's late. Uh, so, Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross are our first nominees. Uh, they jumped Bailey in the entrance and Sasha and ended up losing a match to them, essentially, with the advantage. Uh, that is kind of like the little John rule, along with, you know, general bum bumness. And Nikki Cross yeah. was a heel randomly out of nowhere. They, they lost to one woman. Like, Sasha was not in the match. They uh, lost to one woman. They lost to one woman who prefers to hug them rather than fight them. So... Up next, Jeff Jarrett and the Road Dog Jesse James as a tandem. 
They tried to do this whack shit. They're going to run it into the ground, James. They've sung this song three shows in a row like that they were um, eligible to appear for. They did it at the Royal Rumble. They did it at goddamn um, uh, Raw, and then they did it at Raw this week. So, yeah, Jared and the Road Dog, and they got their ass whooped. So, all that. Like, nah, bro. Y'all definitely on this damn list. Dean Ambrose, Lil John Rule Violator, came out there and interrupted a man that was sheened up, that was clearly not prepared to fight. Uh, even though he was in his wrestling gear, he was not going to wrestle. Um, yeah, and you lost in two minutes. So, tough week for Mr. Ambrose. He taught all that cash. Yeah. Just get hit in this fuck box. Uh, Charlotte came out, uh, stole Becky Lynch's whole swag, tried to gaslight the audience and, you know, talk a bunch of shit. And then Becky repossessed the segment. Triple H came out there and told Charlotte to get the fuck out of here, essentially. And yeah. she just left. Go to your room. Yep. Fine. <laughs> so, and then we have a moment of bliss as a staff, record label, and as a crew. Um, these segments have been a disaster you know what's funny? Since their inception. So you know how you talk about how uh, you just talked about earlier about the Hart Foundation going to the Hall of Fame, how Brett's gonna be gonna be getting in as an individual and also part of a team, and much the same work Flair got winning as himself and also with the horseman. Like so Dean Ambrose this week is going it could possibly go in. He's a nominee he's a nominee as an individual and he's about to and he could go in as a collective. Oh my god. Outstanding. Unbelievable. Outstanding. Didn't even think of that. Um yeah, man. Um, it's Jeff Jarrett and the Road Dog, bro. They, it's, they bums, bro. They bums. Like, they couldn't break the fucking guitar. Come on, man. I, I, I will still contend that that made it even funnier for me. The fact that the guitar did not break is like, yo, this is this is like one of my favorite train wrecks uh, segments ever in WWE history. Bruh, get like, them out of here! Oh my they, god! I, I saw I saw a tweet of a, a picture of those two backstage, and it said something on the lines of those two look like divorce divorce uh, dads on yes. spring break together. It's like, yo, that is very accurate. Um, yeah. very very accurate and depressing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Jeff Jarrett and the Road Dog, you know, any any objection, James? <laughs> Hell no, no, man, they bum. Like it was, it was a great segment for to laugh at how bad wrestling can be. It, it, that's exactly what it was. And yes. congratulations, yeah, y'all have achieved it. So Jeff yeah. Jarrett and the Road Dog, in addition to being finessers, you guys get to share the LeBron James you bum of the week. Yeah, so. They can hold, they can they can hold up the trophy together like 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 Steve McNair and Peyton Manning in 03. Oh my <laughs> or like god! Sha- or like Shaq and Kobe in 09 for the MVP for All Star Game. Or Congratulations! Like, or like Miz and Shane at the World Cup. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! I forgot about that part. Oh god! At least they weren't on the show this week. They'll um, be they'll be back next week yes. doing McMiz TV. Yeah, that's... can't wait to put them on the list. That's that, there is almost. Should we write no... it now? It's almost a guarantee that they will be on there next week. It's almost guaranteed. <laughs> so, um, wrestler of the week. So, we've got Ronda Rousey, who uh, talked a bunch of cash in Becky's face, and somehow they didn't let Becky say nothing back to her. Uh, and she whooped two women's ass, or two women's asses, uh, and backed down a third. Bailey won a match, essentially by herself, in a tag team match. 
Randy Orton had the best match of the week and, and won it. Elias, who beat the hell out of Jeff Jarrett in a, in a fair match and owned them boys with all those lines. Uh, and Becky, who was on both shows, uh, good talking, not great, but uh, she was like, you know, in a, in a weak week, essentially. Yes. Uh, she yes. was still and, here. And anytime he could beat up the McMahons, you know, thumbs up. So, um, this is, this is this is a tough one here. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. I'll throw it to you first. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> compelling radio. Uh, I'm I'm stuck between I'm stuck with yes I'm stuck between Bailey and and um and Randy Orton right now. Um, actually, you know what? I'll take that back. I'll give it to Elias. I was thinking the same I'll, I'll thing. Give it, I'll give it to Elias. You know what? I'll give it to Elias. Um, he completely murdered them on the mic. Um, he's not a he's not a good wrestler. That's fine. Uh, but uh, when it came down to it, he beat. There were two people that were plotting against him. He foiled both of these of these geeks' plans. They had to um, use weapons to to even the score. Yes, so there you go. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick Elias as well. Uh, Orton, you know, he he won a good match, but it was ultimately like, you know, him and Masafa Ali, you should have a good match with Masafa Ali. Uh, and then he got choked out at the end of the night, so I was like, damn. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with Elias. So, uh, Elias, congratulations for your first Wrestler of the Week. <laughs> when you think you'll get another one <laughs> shit you keep putting Jeff Jarrett out there with him he gonna keep getting nominated I'll tell you that oh man uh, like look so for those so for those that think like that, that I don't know if there's people that, that exist in this space but like for those that think that you know we're unfair to some of the people that uh, that we show on every week whether it's Alexa and her bad promos and segments or it's or Elias just being just anti anti-charisma um, you know, or, you know, even Elias, someone that, you know, he's over. Corbin, so I tolerate, so, Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I meant Corbin, but, or someone like Elias who, like, he's not talent, he's not talented in the ring, and he keeps doing the same thing over and over and over, more or less, uh, you know, if we are fair. Look, so ain't nobody exempt from from either list. Like so, yeah, ain't no one. Like we we put Becky, we put people that we like on there on both lists. It doesn't matter. Like so, my uh, point is this: don't just think that like there'll be a week eventually where Alexa will deserve it and she will win it. Same for Corbin. Well, uh, who am I kidding? Corbin will never deserve wrestle of the week. If Corbin ever wins wrestle of the week, I'd be fucking shocked. Yeah, same here. But my the point still stands. If they are good enough and they deserve it, they will get they will get nominated and they will be vote and they will and they will get the votes from us. Like we hold no grudges against these people. We don't know these people. We just know that like, hey, you're bad at this job, or <laughs> you are you been made to look bad at this at this thing. So you go on the list. Yeah. the list is the list. Yeah, the, the list the list like welcomes all. So, uh, but yeah, to that's... either side. Yep. yep. Bum or wrestler of the week. Yep. Uh, so make sure. I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed the show uh, tonight. Um, it was kind of hard for me to focus on watching Monday Night Raw. I was locked in a lot of debates uh, with Chad and Dave and Shane. Um, so yeah, we. Uh, 
I, I think Chad has a special project coming, so you guys have to see how it all shook out. At at one at a certain point, I threw my hands up and was like, "Do what you want." Um, <laughs> so uh, we we brought all, a lot of different perspectives to it, but uh, you guys will see how it all shakes out. Uh, but that's gonna wrap up One Nation Radio this week. Uh, make sure you guys check out all the other shows on the Lords of Pain Radio Network. Kingdom of Honor, uh, hosted by Shane and Jeff. Uh, the Global Revolution, One Nation Radio, of course, with me and James. Sports and Entertainment is Dead with Samuel Planned. Perfect Ten Wrestling with our boy The Implications. The Right Side of the Pond uh, with Samuel Planned and Mav. And All About Elite. So make sure you guys uh, give everybody a listen here on Lords of Pain Radio. Check me and James out over on the Social Suplex Podcast Network as well and all the great shows there. Um, we definitely would appreciate if you checked out the Patreon page we got going. Lots of good stuff up there. And, of course, if you want that One Nation Radio shirt uh, with a new logo over on our Twitter, at One Nation Radio, that's what it looks like. Uh, I will pin a tweet for the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, deal on the top. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, they have shirts for children, for women, for babies, for they have long sleeve, short sleeve, whatever kind of shirt you want to rock. Uh, they can they can uh, whip that up for you. So, James, uh, anything to uh, add before we get up out of here? Just a depressing thought. So I was one. I was just thinking about um, saying should my sign off be uh, you know the normal or should I say like. Uh, you know, free Oscar or unleash Oscar. And then I thought to myself, oh my God, she hasn't been on TV since Royal Rumble, and neither has Lacey Evans. So you know what that means. Oh my God. Yeah. I One can only hope not. So. <sighs> Look, maybe, maybe, they, maybe, they, they, maybe they took Lacey off to uh, just have a WrestleMania event for a while. They've done worse. Yeah. They've done worse to us. Yeah, lock them in a performance center for weeks and then, then announce them in a last-minute match for the title. Boy. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. We're going to holler at y'all. Peace. Sorry, Chad. <laughs>